eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We welcome you back for another week of football, college football godness. Well, just general football godness, I guess, as well. <laughs> Joined by Andy Kerr and Rob, as always. Boys, how is everyone? Rob, you just know you're very, very tired. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> had, a, had a testing weekend, but it's going to get better because football is back this week properly. That's NFL, it's like a full slate. I'm just absolutely buzzing. Same. I'm Premier League. Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. We'll just move on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wait. Next uh, year. Come on. You got me last year when you went off as champions. So I did. I got I did. <laughs> Mainly because we stuffed you away from home 3 0. But, you know, yeah. uh, no, it was, it, you know, it's uh, a great league to be in. And Andy will take. Oh, no, Andy won't tell you that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You're in near the bottom. <laughs> Andy, how are you, mate? You're right. Let's uh, move swiftly on back to football. Yeah, all good, mate. Yeah, um, some good games at the weekend, and uh, like Rob said, just all kicks off properly, mate. Yeah, very excited. Excellent. And Kieran, last of up, not last but not least, of course. How's your weekend been? All right. Yeah, late Labor Day first, weekend. First Labor Day. Uh, yeah, I've I've not I've not been sober for three days. So uh, back to reality <laughs> now. <laughs> Brilliant. So they're gonna be good then. <laughs> so the tape, the tapes will be interesting then. They always are, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on, gents, I'm um, I'm going to address an elephant in the room. <laughs> Go on. None of you know this is coming, especially you, Lee. But yeah. I've had a little bit of a funk today on the uh, on the on the old mowers. Uh, the yeah. old brain's been churning, and I have come up with a solution. Because we know you, Lee Wakefield, are a Pac-12 man, correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. And you don't really nail your flag to a mast. It's I just don't, kind of, no. It's, no, it's, don't. Well, things have changed, my man, because this <laughs> year... <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. This, this year, we have a very different season. There's no Pac-12. There isn't. So, yeah, yeah. you have got an opportunity here. By the end of this podcast, Lee Wakefield, you are going to have a team to follow this <laughs> okay. year, this year. To know your flag to the mast. Okay. And there's a caveat to this, because if you don't select a team, mm-hmm. I will personally be buying you a Sam Ellinger Texas Longhorns <laughs> jersey, and I'm going to send it to you, and you're going to wear it all year. And you're <laughs> so that's just the repercussions if you don't choose a team. Are you down for this? Yeah, I'll go. I mean, yeah, if it's only one year, yeah, I'll go for it. I mean, I might just pick Texas and just, just go head on to, into it. <laughs> I did think this earlier. Though. Unless you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i'm up for it yeah i like it i like cool. it yeah it maybe is time for me to at least for one year maybe just to yeah just a one season wonder just like leeds will be in the premier league that's all i <laughs> uh, will see i mean <laughs> you're playing with fire as norwich fans <laughs> i'm allowed uh, to i'm a Reddit fan i can't talk about football at all yeah. um, <laughs> i was about to say though just just because you don't like sam mellinger i will mm. offer you a one-year lsu card because we turned up to their stadium and they wore t-shirts saying we're the real DBU and then we stuffed them. So fuck Texas. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, great way to end it, by the way. I mean, I, if you're honest, let's go back to that because there's several colleges that have a kind of claim to DBU and I wouldn't even say Texas are in the top five. Let's be honest. Kieran, what do you reckon? What, what would be, I mean, we're getting on a massive tangent just to start the podcast on. 
But uh, LSU, fields, yeah. number one, of yeah. course. Ohio State, right? Ohio State, second. And then I'll say third. Florida. Florida State mm. University. Washington? Yeah. Well, I was. here's the thing. I was going to say Washington, Florida, or maybe well, probably a few years ago, the Seminoles. They used to bring out a lot of good mm. defensive backs. There we go. But There we go. But I, I would say definitely t- top... Yeah, we'll just have Florida just to annoy Andy. <laughs> so we'll have, we'll have LSU, Ohio State, and uh, Florida. I think they're probably the top three teams in the entire nation for DBU production. Um, yeah. Don't forget Alabama. Yeah, you've got to have that as well. Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> but Texas not in there. That's what we're going with. I don't think that's one. So, yeah, maybe not. Because considering that I'm a more defensive guy, Texas, maybe not all Big 12 teams might be out because I have to support someone who can actually defend. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, by the end of the programme, maybe we'll have a little look and I'll have a bit of thinking time on this. So, yeah, cool. No, I like it. Yeah, good way to start the pod. Obviously, a good way to kind of come off uh, another weekend of football and kind of ramping it up into what we call you know, the big boys starting this weekend, um, beginning on Thursday, obviously, with the Miami game. Um, and yeah, so we're ramping up on Thursday with the ACC getting started this weekend, also the Big 12 as well. Andy and Kieran, I think you watched some football this weekend. Andy, why don't you tell us all about it and tell us, kind of give us a bit of a review of the football that you actually saw. Yeah, mate, I mean, I, um, I, mean, I ended up watching three games. I watched the Marshall game, watched the uh, SMU-Texas uh, State game, and then I ended, the, ended up with a, a bit of a marathon of uh, Memphis versus Arkansas State uh, on Sunday. I watched it on ESPN Player afterwards, to be honest. But yeah, t- t- two of those games were, were back and forward and good games. I think the Marshall one was a bit of a blowout, but a uh, good young quarterback, which uh, I'm sure Kieran will speak about in a second. He was uh, on fire. But um, yeah, the, the game of the weekend for me was actually the SMU game, which a lot of people expected to be a bit of a blowout. It was the SMU were uh, 21 uh, point favourites uh, going into it. So, But no, it, it was... Uh, Back and forward, uh, fantastic touchdown catch by Jeremiah Hadel. If you get a chance to watch that, uh, check it out. One handed grab in the corner of the end zone for Texas State, and um, you know that they they put up a really good fight until they kind of just ran out, but out of it, uh, ran out of a bit of steam on the defensive side of the ball uh, towards the end when uh, SMU finally kind of stepped it up with a couple of their more um, like uh, recognisable players, uh, Shane Bushell and uh, like Rasheed Rice in the, in the passing game as well. So, yeah, great game. That one back and forward, um, and, and it was really interesting watching uh, Texas State's quarterback, who was uh, Brady McBride, because he was throwing from all kinds of positions off his back foot whilst he was being sacked. Uh, just looked like a really athletic, um, really like promising talent there. Actually looked like a, like a young Johnny Manziel, how, how exciting that is for, <laughs> for all of us. But... But that was, uh, no, it was a good game, actually. Uh, definitely recommend uh, checking out the highlights, if nothing else, on that one. And uh, I'll, I'll leave uh, Kieran something to speak about maybe on the Memphis game. Yeah, so it's a bit of a, maybe a bit of a step up in quality from last week's kind of little review yes. that we opened up with. Kieran, <laughs> what did you reckon to the weekend's uh, action that you saw? It was good. first game I saw was actually North Texas. Uh, if anyone knows me, they know I've got a bit of a soft spot for their old quarterback, Mason Fine. He was a lot of fun. They went in, put up 57 points. Uh, against the Huskies, it was a fun game, interesting to watch. But the, these guys are all just a step above FCS, so it can be kind of sloppy football. We saw that with the uh, the Marshall game. Quarterback put up some great stats, but there were certain passes that he, he just couldn't make. And I don't know whether that's because um, 
you know, he's, he's at Marshall or just because he's a freshman, I'm going to say it's because he's a freshman. Um, but yeah, there were some interesting games. Army threw two passes and still managed to put up 42 points and shut out Middle Tennessee, which, you know, if you play NCAA 14, you know how overpowered the triple option is. Apparently it works <laughs> in real life as well. Uh, they were the only team with uh, fans as well in the stadium because they're a army, they're a service college. They had a bunch of service members there all wearing their masks, maybe not practicing social distancing, but you know, I guess when you're in America and you've got a gun, you don't have to worry about a, a virus. Um, <laughs> SMU, North Texas, interesting game. Uh, South Alabama was the biggest shock. I didn't think they would beat Southern Miss, but that that just because they they normally struggle on opening day, but guess it's in conference, so that was a bit easier for them. But yeah, everyone looked good who won. Some teams who lost looked good, but then obviously you had a couple of shutouts like Eastern Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. We'll, we'll see what happens. I think these guys haven't had the benefit of training camps and stuff as like extended training camps, so maybe there are guys who are struggling a bit more than they normally would. But um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see how the play progresses after the first three weeks. The one thing I saw about the Army game was the uh, the score log, like the, like the, the, the play-by-play. It was touchdown, 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 end of game. There were no three and outs. There was, there was, there was never none of that. It was just pure touchdowns, end of game. <laughs> Yeah, it was a dominant performance, wasn't it? Really, I think obviously I, I didn't actually watch any football this week because I've been a bit too busy. Um, but I, yeah, it's a typical kind of army kind of box score, isn't it? When you see no no passes whatsoever, I think it was like two completions, wasn't it? And four attempts or something like that. And uh, yeah, a whole load of running yards. So yeah, definitely service game football. Um, Rob, does it feel like we're kind of ramping up to to the big games now? For you? Is it getting yeah, excited? Yeah, that was kind of the preseason out of the way, isn't it? Really, um, you know, the the undercard is, is is has fought their fights, and now the the uh, the main event is happening on Saturday. Well, this weekend, um, yeah, I'm yet to actually sit down and properly look through the schedule for this weekend, but I just know there is some bangers on there. So uh, mm. just um, yeah, rubbing my hands together, waiting for Saturday night, and uh, just gonna melt myself into the sofa watching BT Sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like all good Saturday should be really. Yeah, no, for sure. So yeah, like I said, this week we're kind of working towards the main bulk of the season getting underway and the big boys starting to get their sort of staggered seasons off to a start really. We've got the ACC and Big 12 kicking off this weekend. So what we're going to give you this week is our storylines and things to look out for in the weekend. And then the second part of the podcast, we're going to follow up with a couple of players to watch. Kind of following on from our mock draft that we did last week in over two's episodes. So if you've not seen that or heard that, I guess you won't see it because we didn't do it on YouTube. If you've not heard that, then go over to the Full Time Yards on wherever you get your podcasts and have a little look at those two. You know, it's one of those things, isn't it, where we're going to kind of highlight some more players for you guys and, and sort of see where we go with it. The Full 10 Yards team is proud to present to you their 2020 NFL season guide. The boys have been working really hard this offseason to bring this to you. It's a guide of 130 pages and includes information on all 32 teams, including off-season wheeling and dealing, rookies, team and schedule information, along with fantasy football rankings and projections. It also includes a rookie's guide to American football, giving you an introduction into the game and an A to Z on some handy information and some of the penalties. 
But there's more. We've also got an interview with TV personality Nat Coombs, along with a view from the sideline where a fan from every team gives their thoughts on the upcoming season. We include information on how you can support the game in the UK and information on how you can follow us and our work as we aim to invest our profits to help more people become coaches or officials in the UK. When you buy this guide, we will also give you a free PDF version of the guide so you can have it with you on the go at all times. All you have to do to get your hands on one of these guides is to go to Amazon and search for the full 10 yards season guide. You're going to get the 130 page guide and you're going to get the PDF for your mobile devices all for just a one off payment of $10.99. It really is a good deal. Don't miss out. This is for everyone, whether you've been watching the NFL for 10, 20, 30 years or whether you're new to the sport and you're just picking it up. This guide is for everyone. It's got everything you need to know about all 32 teams. Well worth anyone's money. And you're putting money back into the BAFA community to help pay for coaching and refereeing courses. So there you go, folks. Go grab yourself a copy today. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. And as always, keep those eyes peeled. So then, guys, first up, we're going to talk some storylines, maybe some bold predictions, things to look out for in the college football season. Um, sort of to begin with this week. So who wants to kick us off with their storyline first and foremost? Go on, I'll, uh, I'll kick off. Oh, so one's like, uh, like a, I've got a bold prediction, I've got a storyline, so I'll, I'll go to storyline first. But I'm just looking forward to it. Like, I think I touched on it during the mock draft uh, last week, actually, just looking forward to seeing how those players that have opted out, uh, kind of where they end up compared to those players that are still playing this season. And uh, when we come on to the like players to look at in a bit, I think I'll touch on one of those wide receivers that's in that group just behind the kind of guys that are sitting out. So, be good to um, good to see, like you know, is there any kind of board movement? Because I think this is a real test of season, isn't it? Really, in terms of the amount of people that are sitting out, it's obviously mainly COVID related. But if if they all sit out and then still get drafted high in the first round, is that going to then lead to like more people sitting out of choice in the future and that kind of thing? And are we going to see a kind of like basketball situation where we start getting like a lot of one done? sort of things in college through, through like bending the rules and everything like that so that's like a it's, it's quite an interesting storyline it's not like a it's not really a, um, a team-based one and it's not probably that exciting but I think you know it could it could impact on the game long term. Yeah definitely that's a really interesting point isn't it about the sort of long-term effects of this opt-out situation obviously it's probably not going to fly every year but it, it definitely could be a slippery slope too like you say I think that's a really good analogy where you put it in the basketball situation where you kind of won and done in college and I think in the NBA now they don't even have to play in college anymore do they so it's, it's kind of a, gone back to the old way where you can kind of come out straight out of high school so yeah watch this space um, obviously different sports and different requirements but uh, yeah it's interesting to see what the knock-on effect this will be sort of in years to come. Kieran do you want to hit us with your storyline next up? Look out for Rakeem Boyd to make himself a first round pick. I am calling it now. He's going to go late in the first round to a team who needs a shifty running back. Great stats last season. Mm-hmm. 6.2 yards per carry. 1,100 yards. Eight touchdowns for one of the worst teams in the SEC. He was pretty much their entire offense. He was he was fantastic last year. And uh, from a guy who come out of Juco and has really had to prove himself and work really, really hard. It's been good to see this guy sort of break out at Arkansas. And I think if he has a year like he did last year, just because the absence of – there's probably only three other running backs in this class that 
first round talents. I think he can really slot himself in there because I see things that he does that Chubba Hubbard doesn't, and I see things that he does that Etienne doesn't. So that that's that's a guy you want to look out for this year. He's got the advantage on some guys. He's going to have this college year. So keep keep an eye on Rakeem Boyd to make him make himself a, a first rounder or a very early second rounder to teams who need that sort of running back. Mm, kind of it goes back to our mock draft, doesn't it? Of people making a bit of a move up uh, in the you know the draft rankings and things like that. I hope you're right, mate, because you know we're going through our full ten yards uh, college football draft at the minute, and I I think I picked up Rakeem Boyd, so I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I think he was my I think it was my first pick, wasn't he? Like fifth overall, so took the gamble. Smart call. Took the gamble, you know. I'm probably overdrafted him ever so slightly, but uh, yeah, I got the got the early one in there. I've got to get a good running back, I think, in this one. That was when the draft was like going nice and smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyone who's listening to this podcast who's in our draft, you don't have to use all eight hours. <laughs> it's just an advisor. That's what we want you to you know, stay within, but you can be as fast as you like. It's not winding me up at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andy Moore is known as the Kraken, and you're going to release him if you don't pick within a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's no, it shouldn't be an excuse. You know, no one's really at work. I mean, some people are at work, but you know, the vast majority of people are working from home. <laughs> Boss isn't over your shoulder. You should be, you know, you should be cracking onto it. <laughs> Get your draft picks in, boys. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to kick off with my storyline. I'm going to go next. I'm going to push him. So I'm really interested. Kind of maybe a bit of a similar line to what Andy's going. I'm not going for like a team orientated one. I'm kind of going for an overall college football one. I want to see what college football is going to be like as a spectacle because. I think we've mentioned on the podcast before, college football is something that we all love for like the atmosphere, the traditions, the energy, pageantry, all that. Without fans in the stadiums for like the vast majority, if not all the season, how much is college football going to lose of that? You know, we've seen there's loads of you know, really good fan-based kind of traditions, you know, like Wisconsin jumping around, white out in Beaver Stadium, Penn State, uh, loads of entrances, things like that. So that's going to be lost from this season. And I want to see if that translates over to the field, whether players kind of... We saw it in the Premier League, right? And Bundesliga a little bit, for those who watch that. We kind of saw that lack of energy in the play. I want to see if that is transmitting itself and having that effect as well, because otherwise the college football season is going to be... I don't want to say in trouble, but it's going to be you know a bit different and you know negatively impacted because... College football is one of those emotional games, right? Where every player is like supercharged up for the game whenever that you know may be, whether that's be a Saturday or whether that's you know a Thursday night or a Monday night football, whatever. So I just want to see if the players can still get up for it in the same way, and we can still have a great season in the same way that we would do, whether you know fans are in the stadium or not. Yeah, I must admit, like you kind of seen that already in the few games that've been on. It it starts out like full blooded and, and and that kind of thing, and at the end, you, I mean, to be honest, it's not been like uh, Kieran alluded to earlier. It's not been fantastic quality so far, but like it kind of uh, you've kind of seen the favourite come through in most games at the end, just because there's probably that crowd, not, not that crowd there to lift the the other team and stuff like that. So yeah, it'd be a good point, and, and it'd be really interesting to see how it carries over to like the major teams as well, and if part of their kind of draft draft ability and that the coaching is to keep them motivated for the full like you know for the full, full hour or so but yeah it's uh, it's interesting um good point man yeah very good point can i ask you two guys because i've been pretty lax the first couple of weeks while college football began um we obviously saw as well in kind of football over in europe that the away team kind of it was a bit of a leveler so i've no has that been the case for this as well or is, is that not been a factor 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a leveller. I don't know about you, Kieran, but it's, uh, yeah, you can't tell. I mean, if you don't know the in, uh, ins and outs and if the score, scoreboard wasn't up in front of you, you can't really tell the difference at all. Maybe the kind of PA system's blaring out, like, you know, first down or whatever, louder for the home team. Of course mm-hmm. it is, but, uh, I mean, like, you know, who's really... That probably doesn't bother anyone on the opposition sideline one bit, does it, really? So, yeah, Kieran, I don't know if you think any different, mate. Yeah, well, I think if any of you have played organised sports of some form, where you have some form of a crowd, it does really give you that bit of extra drive. And especially when you go to college games out here, it does affect teams to not have a crowd. Especially, say you go to like Michigan, Ohio State, there's 110,000 people in there at the big mm-hmm. house in Michigan. And that not only does that affect how quarterbacks are calling plays and audibles and all this sort of stuff, it does give you that extra push. If you know you're going to hear 90,000 people or however many home fans they let in cheer just because you get 10 yards or because you get a touchdown or you make a great catch, that's really going to push you to do better and motivate you to do better. I know some people really don't care about you know the limelight or whatever or being a star, but if someone cheers for you making a catch and it's that many people, that's, that's going to push you just that extra bit harder. And you saw it really with the army game. So they let, I don't know how many guys were there and I'm not going to count, but they had just a sea of dudes there in, in their, uh, whatever they're called. I, I can't remember what they call their combat uniforms, but they, they, they were all there at army cheering them all along. And it seemed to be a great atmosphere. And you could see that really motivate the army players. They were on the sidelines dancing with the fans and, the coaches were all dancing along and you could see their opponents did look a little bit beaten down and a little bit disheartened and not just because they were, you know, getting shut out 42 to nothing. The fans do really add an atmosphere to fans. So I think it's going to be a little bit tough for a lot of players this season who are, you, you see it when um, guys go to like junior college, they're used to massive crowds and then they go somewhere as like three dudes and their dog watching the game and they look a little bit disheartened and they're used to having people cheer for him. So I think even for some bigger players, it might be a humbling experience, but I do think it's a little bit detrimental to um, home teams and probably does level it up for away teams because they don't have a million angry fans screaming at them whenever Mm. they do something. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, It's going to be interesting as we go through. Um, Like I said, I just hope that football um, sort of isn't, kind of passing us by rather than being this you know, event that we kind of all want it to be as, the, as we move through the season. Rob, what's your storyline? Hit us up, finish this part of, part of the podcast for us. Um, I am going to take a game for, for, week, for week one, two, two whatever. Week, it's week, week whatever it is. It's, yeah. uh, uh, let's call it a spade a spade. It's week one. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take Clemson versus Wake Forest mm. um, just because there's a lot of questions. Um, obviously, Jamie Newman's gone from Wake Forest. I've got a new new look there. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see what... what if they've improved um, or what, how they're going to play without Jamie Newman, who was obviously centric to that team last year, mm-hmm. um, but also Clemson. Um, we know that Justin Ross is injured for the year, um, which I think they're, they're left with um, Amari Rogers and Joseph Ngarter, I think are the wide receivers there now. So it'd be interesting to see how they uh, get into Trevor Lawrence's system. Um, there's still question marks over Travis Etienne. Um, I have been reading some things, which is making me nervous because I drafted him, with my first pick of the draft, a uh, fantasy draft. Um, but there is a few few things recently that's come out that said that, look, what's he got to sort of lose by missing out this year? Not a lot because 
you know, yes, he, he, when did Clemson last win the national championship? Was, was Etienne in the team? I'm not sure, actually. Was it, it was three years ago, wasn't it? So he wouldn't have been in the team then. Yeah, uh, no. Anyway, um, Deshaun Watson, wasn't it, the last time they won it? Oh, I don't yeah. know. Um, anyway, nonetheless, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so he, like what I was saying last week about Jamar Chase, he's won the national championship. He's got nothing to to, to do to, to live for this year in college football. So there's no point in him playing. But um, Travis Etienne, a very similar line. There's not much for him. He can only dent his kind of draft stock because he's, he's going to be a, probably a, a first round pick. Um, well, he may be a first round pick. Obviously, he didn't go in our mock draft first round, but um, he's got mm-hmm. the potential to do that. Um, but then again, there's there's a plus side. Maybe he wants to play to get himself in the first round. So he. Yeah, weighing it up there. Uh, but I just think it's very interesting. These two teams have got um, sort of a, a difference. They've also, uh, Xavier Thomas is missing from the defence at Clemson, who's a big piece of the edge. Um, but they've got some big players coming back, like uh, Niles Pinkney um, and KJ Henry, who's the other edge rusher there at Clemson, isn't he? So, um, you know, there's some big pieces. It's just, it's just an interesting game. I think it'll be interesting to see how, how, they, how both teams uh, utilise different sort of personnel. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, like you say, I think the way you open it up is perfect. You know, there's a lot of questions about it. There's a lot of questions about a lot of big teams in college football this year because of the, all the opt-outs and things like that. So you, what, was the, what was the reason for Travis Etienne um, kind of worrying you? What, what's been coming out of that? Uh, it's just that he, he could be an opt-out okay. um, because, you know, the, with a running back, especially with a senior, a running back senior, you know, they're... they're, they're their career is is limited as it is because mm. you know they don't go as long as some other positions um so it could be seen as a year that you could sit out and sort of recuperate your body knowing that you're going to get drafted and he, i mean let's be honest he's going to be a top two he's going to be a, a day one day two pick for sure um so you know he's you know he's getting drafted is it worth risking your body is it worth worth risking you know this pandemic um when you know you're getting drafted i think that's the question marks at the moment mm-hmm. i haven't heard anything from his camp to say i'm really considering not playing uh, it's just speculation um but it's I, I, you could probably say that about every senior in this you know in in college football this year mm-hmm. um but i'm extra extra worried because he was my first draft round pick <laughs> my first round draft pick you see lee so that's you know it's emotional ties to me personally mm-hmm. you know i'm praying I'm saying, don't don't do this to me, Ethan. You play the year. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And then, you know, big trade off coming my way for Lynn J. Dixon. I believe you took him. I cannot (laughs) believe you took him. Lynn J. Dixon, the backup running back of Travis Etienne. He was there on my board. I was ready to take him a couple of rounds later. No one's going to pick this guy because there's no need for him. There goes Lee Wakefield. Lynn J. Dixon. Unbelievable. One step ahead, man. One step ahead. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll have to have a little look into this. When we finally get this finished, we'll have a little episode where we discuss a little bit about our our fantasy um, teams that we've drafted. I think we're going to use Kieran as a bit of a judge, aren't we, about... You know, where we went right when we went wrong um, and things like that. So, yeah, and you know that I've taken a few LSU players because I know this is coming. <laughs> so I've done just for that, I've, I've drafted them just for Kieran. So it's brownie points. <laughs> my draft You're draft. a smart man, Rob. You know the way to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> my draft strategy is now just pick people that are playing in week two and three because it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the strategy right now. <laughs> yeah, should, should be a fun one. Should be a fun one. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So we've got some storylines for you to look out for there as we go through. I think we'll make that kind of a main part of the podcast as we go through our kind of like season 
uh, in-season program and things like that. So yeah, watch out for these kind of conversations as we go forward. So on to part two of the podcast, we're going to give you some players to watch out for this coming year. Uh, we're just going to give you a couple of each. There's no real criteria that we had before this, just kind of who you're looking forward to kind of seeing who's going to bring us some joy or in some cases, you know, perhaps not if it falls flat on the face as maybe, you know, could happen if, you know, we get some opt-outs or just pick some bad players really. <laughs> Rob, I'll, start, I'll finish with you. So I'll start with you. Give us your first player who you're looking out for this college football season. Uh, I am really looking forward to watching the Texas Tech running back, Sir Roderick Thompson. Um, someone who I sort of stumbled across whilst doing research for said fantasy league. Um, I watched a bit of tape, was, uh, I enjoyed watching him. Uh, and he's in a, an offense where he, he should be able to be the centerpiece. Um, you know, the Texas Tech, not quite the days of Patrick Mahomes from the past, but uh, still they're, they're there or thereabouts in the Big 12. Uh, he's coming off a 765 rushing yard season last year with 12 touchdowns as a redshirt freshman. Um, so yeah, he's into his sophomore year now. Um, six six foot, 210 pounds, good size, and he's, he's fairly handy on the ball. So so yeah, looking forward to for him to break that 1,000 yards from scrimmage this year. Definitely, he's sort of the, the main guy there. I think that everything's going to go through him at Texas Tech. So uh, so yeah, just wanted to keep an eye out uh, as, a, as a good quality running back who has got draft potential in the NFL in a couple of years' time. Mm. Yeah, no, some good numbers putting up there in his first year, for sure. Yeah. Did you draft him? Or have you drafted him yet? Is he still available? Do you know? Uh, I drafted him in the third round, I think. So, awesome. Got, so, ahead. Yeah. Got ahead of the game. Nice I one. did. I did. <laughs> Knowing this, this subject was coming up, uh, I knew I had to take him. <laughs> Couldn't give all the, the trade secrets away in this podcast. I can't, Lee, because you're there. You're there. You're on me. You're on me. You just you read my mind. So I can't do this, you know. <laughs> How many players have I got that you wanted? Is it two or three now? I think it's three now, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Should have, should have ordered that draft a little bit differently, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I, don't, I just didn't see it. I didn't think you that kind of guy, but I should have known because you're a Leeds fan. Got to, you know, like I say, you've got to know. You've got to know the players who other people want because you've got to get those trade offers in. <laughs> Kieran, give us your first player who you're looking out for. I bet it's an LSU player. It is. It is. <laughs> Miles Brennan. Uh, as, as last week... Uh, a guy who was expected to see a lot of playing time, Peter Parrish, who was a dual threat quarterback we had, was actually suspended for a violation of team rules. Uh, so it looks like Miles Brennan will probably be taking the majority of snaps at quarterback this year. He's obviously come in. He's trying to follow probably the best college player who's ever played. Um, so that's going to be a hard, hard act to follow. Uh, I don't expect we'll see TJ Finley, who's a... Uh, freshmen take many snaps so look for Miles Brennan to play every single game for LSU this season he, he's good he can throw the ball he's fairly accurate he's got great footwork and a strong pocket presence mechanically there's a few issues his wind-up's a little bit too long and sometimes his release takes a bit too long which you know people people know why I like Jimmy G we won't talk about that because Tim might cancel us. Um, <laughs> I like what I see. I like what I see in practice with him. He's not scared to take a hit every now and again, and, and he can really let that ball fly. He's got a big arm. So uh, watch him to really break out this season. And I think 
he, if he only plays this year, he'll maybe get himself into the late rounds of the draft. But I think if he, if he stays for his senior year, you'll maybe see him go a bit higher. He's a very talented young kid. And because now we've obviously had Peter Parrish suspended, he is going to be taking pretty much all the snaps. Um, yeah, I, ju- I just think as a guy to follow Joe Burrow, he, he's perfect for it. I mean, look at this handsome young man. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be taking snaps for LSU next year. So, he, looks uh, like, he looks like Jared Yeah, watch Goff out for him. Thing. I don't think he's going to be as good as... For listeners of the podcast, I mean, the we'll be just showing a, we'll just show a photo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry for the, for the people who are listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I will say, obviously, he's not as good as Joe Burrow. No college football quarterback <laughs> will be. Uh, but so I, I think <clears throat> we Lee's going to kill year. you, mate. We saw that as last year, didn't we? As Kevin said before, you know, they went in there and spanked him. Palms down, wasn't it? Don't wear DBU shirts when DBU are coming to town. We'll, we'll treat you like that in your own house. It's disrespectful at that point. But um, <laughs> Andy just showed a guy uh, on screen who threw 30 interceptions last season. So uh, we're... we're um, Miles Brennan, I think going forward, he's going to be decent with the running game we've got with guys like Chris Curry. Obviously, we're missing key pieces like Jamal Chase and everything, but I think Miles Brennan could really carry this offense and keep going what we did last year. Not as high a scoring, but he can definitely win us games. Mm-hmm. How, how many touchdowns is he going to throw? Give us a bold take, maybe. Something 32, we, 35. Something we, okay, you're not going too bold then. Not like uh, 60. Not 60. We're not going over it, yeah. <laughs> Still, I, I, um, got, I got ridiculed for saying Joe would throw 50. Okay. Miles Brennan's still available in our fantasy league, chaps. There he, has been... he was in my queue, but I've got now four quarterbacks, so I'm he, not... Well, there's 35 quarterbacks gone off the board and Miles Brennan's still in there. What have you got to say to that, queue? Uh, obviously, you're drafting with idiots. <laughs> <laughs> two, two right here on this podcast. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean, we were always going to get some Homer love from you, weren't we? So yeah, we we're always going to get an LSU. Your second player is not an LSU player, though, is it? I, I, no, um, I wasn't actually <laughs> going to put Miles Brennan in originally, but once Peter Parrish got suspended, it, it just made a lot more sense because he's going to be taking 100% of snaps at quarterback because I don't think TJ Fin they're going to put a true freshman in TJ Finley in. No. Um, second player I've already mentioned, Rakeem Boyd. Guy's a stud. And I, I, I'm not going to say the H word because you guys hate it when I talk about the H word when it comes to <laughs> running backs or, or any players in particular. But the guy is incredibly explosive. His vision is, for a guy who played Juco for like a year, who really elevated his game there, his vision is phenomenal. Like if he sees a hole, he's going he's gonna to run through it. Like 6.2 yards per carry. He put up 1,133 yards last year. Only eight touchdowns, but they handed him the ball less than 200 times, which, considering he was pretty much their whole offense, is a little bit of a surprise. He's also a mountain. I know he's only six foot, but he's like 220 pounds. He's a big boy, and he's got Saquon Barkley-like legs. He's not quite as fast as Saquon Barkley, but he, he can really break out of tackles quite easily. And he's very shifty with the way he moves and his footwork. So in terms of running backs this year, I'd only really put him behind Travis Etienne and Chubba Hubbard. He is he is up there in terms of talent. Um, 
I'd like to see if he can produce what he did last year this year because mm-hmm. he's clearly got the talent. And and even last year when he, he got less snaps and less yards, he was still six yards average run. Mm-hmm. So, like, he he's consistent in terms of when he's running. So, uh, he's not that much of a receiving threat. He only put up, like, 160 yards last season receiving, but he wasn't targeted that much. Mm-hmm. So... If if maybe we see him catch a few more passes, that elevates his stock even more. But I think it'd be a great pickup for a lot of teams who need a running back going into the draft. I think it'd be good, maybe like a Jacksonville. He's not going to replace Leonard Fournette, but they could probably pick him up very quickly at the start of the second round if no one snags him in the first. I think there's a lot of teams who could benefit from a guy like this. And I think you're going to see... His work ethic is insane because, he, like I said, he's gone the Juco route. He's had to struggle for this. So he knows what it takes to get here. And he's going to do everything in his power to make sure he's high as possible in the draft. So every time he gets the ball this season, look for this guy to just try and go for the end zone. Whether there's linebackers, safeties, corners in his way, he, he's going to be tough downhill running for Rakeem this season. Yeah, definitely a player we're looking forward to seeing. And obviously, I said I got a bit of bias, got you know a bit of a dog in this fight, as I say. So yeah, no, looking forward to seeing him. Andy, who's your first player? Who you're looking forward to seeing? Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm going to go for another quarterback um, in Mikhail Cunningham, who's currently at Louisville's uh, starter going into the season, uh, just because you can see the kind of um, similarities to the current NFL MVP, uh, you know, running quarterback. Uh, Louisville, quick, clever runner, breaks tackles, um, but also like fantastic throwing the ball as well, which um, is, is kind of exemplified by 63%, uh, 22 touchdown, 5 INT season uh, last year. So very, very impressive there and, and all kind of coach reports and stuff like that. Cunningham's still like improving at the moment. And, and when you look at the passing grades last season uh, from, from, a, from a clean pocket, only Joe Burrow and Justin Fields sit above him in, in passing grades there. So like a real talent and, and someone who's going to probably benefit this season from a slightly uh, like weaker, is that the right word, for just an all-right ACC conference um, run. But yeah, he's going to like you know, it's going to come against some some simpler defenses than, than they'd all, they'd got scheduled. Um, I mean, I watched him in, in depth last year when when Louisville uh, came back and, and, and played very well against the FSU, and you know the, there was a, they were down uh, three touchdowns, I think, in that game, and he kind of ran all over that uh, FSU defense. So it's a really impressive performance there, and you kind of just get that uh, get that real comparison to Lamar Jackson and, and the kind of the only way is up for him. So fingers crossed we, we get to see him again uh, at that kind of level this year. Um, someone a bit different, a bit left field, that, that those of you that aren't like watch, you know, that, that don't uh, dig into college football too deeply might not have come across yet, but definitely one to, to, to watch this season. Why, why is it in your opinion, your opinion that he's not a player that's been spoke about more? Because he's certainly an exciting player for sure. I think it, again, man, it's that horrible like stereotype, isn't it, of the kind of like running and dare we say the black running quarterback as well, where mm-hmm. uh, you kind of, I mean, I, I read as well that he'd been recruited as a defensive back, and it just kind of you just kind of get struck like that time and again, don't you? Trying to trying to squeeze these athletic quarterbacks mm-hmm. uh, into roles which they which they're you know not used to playing just because of their their their, their, their body type or or their, uh, you know the, the fact that they don't not trusted to play the the quarterback position. So maybe. It's a bit of that. I also think it's because uh, obviously there's, there's bigger names on the table in the fields, and 
and uh, you know those kind of high round draft picks that we've been talking about in previous weeks. But um, yeah, I mean, like the way the, the NFL is going, why 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 wouldn't he uh, uh, make a splash and uh, if mm. he can carry on his development? Yeah, for sure. No, definitely. I think, yeah, you get typecast a little bit, don't you? So, certain types of players. And, and like we, we saw it when in the NFL drafting with Lamar Jackson, you know, some teams asking to, I think, play wide receiver and, and things like that. And, you know, we've got, well and truly got egg on their face, to say the least, now with his performances. Kieran, I think you wanted to come in on that one, didn't you? Had your hand in the other. Yeah, I, I think Andy said it best, though. You hit the nail on the head. You get these quarterbacks who are fast and athletic and, and, d- it, it, it is black quarterbacks. In, even now, in 2020, there's still a stigma around them, and it, mm-hmm. it, it really does disgust me. When two, probably three of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL now are people of color, and that that should really show people. You've got Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and, and Russell Wilson. These guys who, yeah, they're athletic, but they can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're sitting now in 2020, and people are still judging. Their, the way they play football by the colour of their skin, it's just really grates on me, especially at a, a school like Louisville where they've had Lamar Jackson come through and that's the reigning MVP of the league, current mm. Madden cover athlete. So it, it'd be nice if coaches could maybe get with the times a little bit and respect the players at their positions and not say, hey, can you play DB or wide receiver or running back just because they're athletic and their skin colour? It'd be good mm-hmm. to see them judge them on their football. Absolutely. I think that is a direct result of having a good coach, head coach at Louisville now. Obviously, Scott Satterfield is his favourite coach of mine. Um, and, you know, he's he's obviously blossomed last year and, and he probably will this year. So, yeah, great pick, Andy. I'm looking forward to seeing him in, in Louisville as they sort of get back onto coming back into being Cardinals because they, they haven't been that for the, the sort of last, well, since Lamar Jackson um, has gone. They've been a very sort of rough team, haven't they? So, uh, so no, good to see them getting back on track. And, and yeah, Cunningham's going to be great to watch this year. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with all great points made by everyone there, I think. So my first player, I'm going to stick with the quarterback theme that we've had running through this one. Um, my first player is Sam Howell, the quarterback from North Carolina. So obviously sticking with the ACC as well, we've got a few good quarterbacks knocking around there. So let's not forget, before I go into this, that athletes who attend this university are better known for playing in March Madness than college football playoffs. Um, so Howell's coming into his sophomore year. I think he's had a great first year. He's a, he's a part of a really, really exciting group of sophomore quarterbacks. Caden Slovis, USC, Jane Daniels, Arizona State, Hank Backmeyer, I mentioned a few weeks ago, and obviously we've got Spencer Rattler as well, and obviously Sam Howell. The thing is, out of those, that, that group of players, only Sam Howell and Rattler are actually going to play this year as things stand. So this is another player who, well, while he's not draft eligible, can really like put himself into the forefront of people's hearts and minds this year. Obviously, we've got Trevor Lawrence, who's going to dominate you know, the quarterback uh, sort of conversation this year. Uh, especially in the ACC, we've got Justin Fields as well. Obviously, these two top guys, and then you know maybe Trey Lance as well behind that. But then the next one after that, the next group is going to be dominated by these guys who I've just mentioned. And Sam Howell could go into the the next season after this one as QB one in a lot of you know minds and hearts of people for draft eligible QBs. You know he threw for just over three and a half thousand yards last year, thirty eight touchdowns, seven picks. And for a freshman, a bit like what I said with Rob when he was talking about running back numbers for a guy in his first year. They're great baselines to build off, you know, for this this offense is is uh he's got some guys coming in as well. You know, they've had a really great recruiting cycle this year. 
So it's one, it's one to watch out for. And, you know, I've got to pick a team at the end of this one. I can f- kind of feel myself con- convincing myself that Sam Howell's going to be my guy. I'm not going to announce that yet, uh, you know, but it's definitely one that's kind of piqued my interest a little bit, you know, since I've had this proposition put in front of me. And I will just sort of earmark, um, I know that we said about Clemson Wake Forest, which is another great game that Rob mentioned earlier, but, you know, North Carolina and Syracuse kick off at 5 p.m. UK time. So for your early game, you could do much worse than kind of tuning in for that one. I think it's on ESPN Player. Yeah, great, great. I mean, great choice again, mate. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I'm not really looking forward to uh, playing against him at Florida State this year. Be uh, one, it'd be a really good test of the the kind of FSU um, like defensive talent that's like um, put up for the draft in, in Nazareth Dean and uh, and Co. There, so yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be a matchup to watch. And, and yeah, I love what you're saying. I mean, I, I um, uh, yeah, I had Caden Slovis down as my top quarterback going into next year's class, but I think what you're saying back about uh, how playing this year could, could easily replace him. That is not uh, following in the footsteps of the last <laughs> NFL prospect out of the North Carolina Tar Heel setup. Mitch, Mitch Trubisky doing so well in the NFL. <laughs> He's beaten, beaten our Nick Foles this week, but yeah, I'd definitely take, take heed to that for sure. Kieran, sorry, what was that? You got your hand up there. I was about to say, he beat out Nick Foles and <laughs> that guy's a Super Bowl winner, so he must be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. No, I, I, I think I agree with Andy. I think Keaton Silvers would have been my guy. Also, but, you know, picking, picking a Pac-12 guy, obviously natural for me, but I just think they're going to have that bit of X factor, you know, the guys that are playing this year. and you know, It's all recency bias at the end of the day. We see it all the time. So, you know, likes of Sam Howell's Rattler as well, who will no doubt be a superstar this year in uh, Lincoln Riley's offense. So, yeah, two quarterbacks that I'm going to be keeping my out for sure. Rob, we'll come back to the beginning. Who is your second player that you're looking forward to seeing this year? Um, I'm I'm going to cheat a little bit because I'm I'm going to go for like a position. If that's all right, I'm going to go for the tight end position because I I, I just think that the last few years has thrown us some half decent tight ends, but not elite prospects. You know what I mean? Like even back to like George Kittle, who wasn't a elite prospect mm. coming out of college um there's not really i mean evan engram had a good rookie season for the giants um i mean correct me if i'm wrong but there's there's not that many elite tight ends coming out this year however there's a really good class of tight ends um i'm really looking forward to seeing a couple of them play um unfortunately players like pat firemuth won't be playing because she's at uh, penn state and there's also a really good five-star freshman coming coming into LSU, who I'm sure, Kieran, you'll be you'll be excited to watch Eric Gilbert because he looks absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, people are talking him up uh, like he's the next best thing since sliced bread, um, and, and he has not even set foot on a college field yet. You know, um, so he is one that I'm really looking forward to watching. Um, but again, I'll, I'll just. I mentioned him in the last ep- last episode that we did with the uh, with the mock draft. That's Kyle Pitts, um, just because he just looks like a phenomenal athlete for Florida, and I think he's going to be used so much this year from uh, Heisman winning quarterback um, Kyle Trask. Uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't know, looking at his stat, I think looking at his metrics, he's he's uh, six foot five, two hundred and thirty five pounds, so he's slightly under 
weight what you'd want from a tight end sort of that sort of six five you're looking at sort of 250 260 pounds which is what Travis Kelsey is um so maybe putting on a bit more a bit more bulk this season just to get ready for the tight end uh, to get ready for the NFL would be nice um but yeah, he's a top prospect he's going to be lights out fantastic to watch this year providing he uh, is playing because again he's a senior so you never know what's going to happen but um but yeah if he plays he's going to be fantastic to watch uh, this guy I just I was doing some research on Carl Pitts before the show and do you know he had 20 offers I don't know whether that's if that's a good amount or whether that's an average but that to me sounds like a lot but going through the teams that he had offers from coming out of um, high school uh, Florida Alabama Georgia Miami Ohio State Penn State Syracuse Tennessee Wisconsin, you know, the list goes on. These colleges that wanted him out of high school, it just goes to show his pedigree. Uh, you know, he was scouted so highly. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he's answered that, um, you know, a good season last year, over 650 yards uh, receiving. And it's, it's, so he's going to be one of the main weapons of Florida. Really, really looking forward to watching him. Those offers, that offer list reads like the top 25 or something like that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, I mean, there's more in there as well. Tennessee, Temple, UCLA. There's other sort of half-decent teams in that list as well. Um, mm-hmm. I just mentioned the top ones. So they're, mm-hmm. they're a, a very, very high prospect when he come out of high school and he's lived up to it. Yeah, for sure. Kieran, go. Yeah, I think, I think Rob really hit the nail on the head. Besides Hawkinson and Noah Fant, we haven't really seen super elite tight end prospects. And... He used the word prospects as some guys have done well in the NFL, but that doesn't mean they were highly touted before they got there. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, Eric Gilbert's a guy I'm super excited about. Top tight end in the nation. Ridiculous athlete. Like, ridiculous. You've seen this kid at 15 years old. He's bigger than most grown men. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's really going to be... And the crazy thing is, he's from Georgia. And he's come to LSU. So, <laughs> yeah. So, a tight end was a great call because we've got more exciting guys in the upcoming three years than we've seen maybe in the last five. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, great call from Rob there and some great analysis on some of the players he's seen. Mm. Yeah, no, it's definitely a great tight end. I think we mentioned, didn't we, you know, Bevan Jordan, uh, Fryermuth, you mentioned, obviously, we've got Charlie Kolar, got loads of good tight ends coming out this year, potentially. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. another one that I didn't even mention. Uh, I really like him. Um, mm. Miami, he's, he looks like a solid prospect as well. So that's what I mean. There's a really good uh, sort of elite level tight end coming through uh, at the moment. Um, so I'm really excited to, to see them players step in uh, and say some some three or four of them are going to get drafted. So got to be high end one for sort of day one, day two. Um, picks in the NFL draft and, and these have got a real opportunity to break into the end providing I mean everything's on landing spot as well you, you know like we said on the mock draft I, I drafted Pitts to Indy because it's a great, great spot imagine if these guys go to like Pittsburgh or or somewhere that you could do with a tight end and would use a tight end uh, you know it, it, the, the sky's the limit and really could be in two years time that the the whole rookie tight end um, sort of saying you know rookie tight ends in the NFL don't don't usually pan out they, they could change that. They could literally be game changers because um, they are that good. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. Mm, yeah, for sure. I think it goes back to what we were saying a couple of weeks ago about wide receivers and you're kind of thinking and looking through your fantasy goggles there, aren't you? And looking at a, yeah. a draft next year for these all these pass catchers to come out and, and cause some damage. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, really good pick again. Uh, well, just you know, as a position group. Andy, who's your next player? Who's your last one? Who are you going to talk about? 
Yeah, I'm going to go for a bit of a homer pick here in uh, in FSU's six foot four uh, Tamorian Terry. Uh, like I said earlier, kind of one of those wide receivers that's currently sat just below that top end of the class, but has got every ounce of talent available to to, to jump into that kind of you know top tier uh, draft prospects this year. I mean, he he's a kind of different receiver for his height and the fact that he normally plays in the outside receiver role. He also adds a hell of a lot of yardage after the catch as well. Um, I mean, you've just got to look at his highlight reel. He, he, he often takes the, the ball short and lets his legs do the work, but then he's got the ability to take the ball over his shoulder as well. He's, he's just like, again, it's one of those uh, rare um, bits of, like good thing, basically one of those rare good things that's come out of uh, FSU in the, in the last couple of years. But, he just, uh, he looks like he's definitely built for the NFL. He looks like he's ready to, to step in now if needs be. He comes back, he mosses defenders like, like it's going out of fashion. Um, and, and yeah, basically just, just looking for, uh, looking to see what we can get out of him this year. Um, you know, again, we, we're going in with James Blackman as the, as the quarterback, uh, uh, quarterback one, but I mean, I'm not particularly sold on him. So, so anything that Terry can pull, pull out of, uh, pull out of the season is based on Terry's talent alone and not the quarterback play. So yeah, um, 13 games last season, 60 receptions, 1,188 yards and nine touchdowns. Not bad in a, in a very poor FSU team. Mm-hmm. What are the areas of his game you'd like to see him kind of make strides and kind of cement himself as one of these top wide receivers? I guess I'd like to see him stretch the field a bit more. Um, you could, you do see him take on uh, defensive backs and, and get that ball dropped in over his shoulder, but it's not the main like uh, body of his highlights. Like I said, that's yards after the catch, picking up at the slant and, and making defenders miss. So uh, again, that's partly the quarterback play as well, that, that kind of placement downfield. But uh, it, it's also often that you see him 10, 15 yard in routes and, and, and slant routes, but you know, I just want to see him add that deep threat as well. And kind of a player, like, I don't know, he's a bit like, he reminds me a bit like Colin Sutton, so for a bit more uh, upper body strength, I've just got attacked by a massive daddy long legs. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so uh, on camera. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes, um, well, it must my daddy long legs, though, mate. Okay, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, just a bit more like upper body strength and, uh, and down fit and like, you know, Catching the ball 25, 30 yards down the field as well. Mm. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely an interesting prospect. Definitely to look forward to. Um, definitely a guy who could definitely rise up the, the sort of rankings in everyone's mind, I think. Um, play with a lot of ability and a lot of potential for sure. So I'm going to finish this off then um, with my second player, and that's Kylan Hill, the Mississippi State running back. So we heard about him at the start of the Black Lives Matter campaign because he was campaigning to get the Mississippi flag changed, which um, he, by all accounts, has been able to do, which is obviously amazing, amazing work. So it's kind of big up to him to doing that. On the field, I think he's a really interesting prospect coming into his senior year after you know, a pretty awesome year last year because he went, went for uh, 1,350 yards and 11 total touchdowns. So he's obviously a good winning back prospect. We kind of know that already. So what's making him kind of interesting to me is the fact that Mike Leach is now the HC in Mississippi State. So he's going to be expected to catch the football. It's not something he's done a lot of um, recently. So uh, just in his college career, he, you know, he's only got 44 catches in three years. And 180 yards is his best receiving year. So he's going to be able, he's going to have to make strides or he's not going to play in the offense because that's a requirement of a Mike Leach offense. So I really want to see him come on leaps and bounds and kind of work on that receiving threat and um, just be a, a bit of an all-around back, really. I think we'll see him kind of rise up the rankings there. You know, a quarterback and wide receiver stream, but a 
running back's worst nightmare is when Mike Leach or somebody <laughs> from his coaching tree gets gets named as head coach. He's got that very flashy air raid offense for big, big pickup chunk yardage. But I think it, it really is an advantage for Hill because he can now show that he can catch the ball as well. As an NFL running back, it is very important that you are able to catch the ball. Look at guys like Chris, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. All the top guys can catch the ball. And this is going to work in his advantage. And it's possibly his last year leading up to the draft. If he can get some snags and prove that he can catch balls by... Sorry, Kevin, I'm going to drop you in it. Not the most accurate of quarterbacks and not the best thrown ball from Kevin Costello. Um, he's going to kill me for that. Um, it, it's it's going to really prove that he can adapt to an NFL roster because you see in the NFL, even guys like James White, who aren't elite running backs, they will they will take catches in day in, day out. And that's why he's still on a roster, even though he's not putting up the most rushing yards. So th- this might actually be a good thing for him in the long run because he's already proven he can he can pound the rock. Now he's got to prove he can catch it. And if he can catch it, pick up yards after catch and run some decent routes, that would be very, very good for him. Look at look at Jonathan Taylor in Wisconsin last year. He, you know, didn't. I think he caught like maybe seven or eight passes in his first two years at Wisconsin. And last year he got, you know, a fair amount, much more work. Like I, don't mm-hmm. know, I haven't got the stats in front of me, but um, that's how they used him because obviously we, they knew they could make a pound the rock, and he wanted to be part of the passing game for his NFL draft stock. So he said to his coach, I want to be in the passing game, coach. And mm-hmm. then they put him in, um, which obviously helped his his stock. So maybe it's that, that kind of route. For sure. And then he became the best running back in the class, for my money anyway. I'm sure you'll agree now. (laughs) Future GOAT um, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, for sure. No, it's definitely not around back. For sure. So guys, that that brings us to the end. We've just given the listeners another bunch of players there to look out for after our mock draft that we had uh, over a couple of episodes last week. So has it now become decision time then for me? Yes, it is. Um, it is. Yeah, plant your flag or get a Sam Ellinger jersey. I'm definitely going to. I'm definitely going to plant the flag. Kieran, sorry, go on. You want to go in before? Yes. I, I want to make my case for LSU for you to pick as a team. <laughs> <laughs> just, just mute him, here, can you? <laughs> nine, nine national titles. Uh-huh. Nine national titles. DBU, home to an actual tiger. <laughs> we've got Mike the Tiger is very important he sits outside Death Valley Clemson have got some weird cheap imitation Death Valley and all the players like kiss a pebble before they go play you know, you know listen to them they're trash LSU home to Joe Burrow Crawfish Coach Ed Ogeron if you want a team with character heart and just and the 30 best less players than last year. I'm no, <laughs> no offensive coordinator. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Sorry, I can't hear you, Rob. The, the Gators are messing with you. Uh, we've got a tiger. I'll just say that again. There's a tiger at the stadium. If you like Frosties, this is the place to be. LSU is without a doubt the greatest college football team to ever right, Lee, play our style is impeccable <laughs> our defense is impregnable mute we play <laughs> who are you going to be picking for your team in 2020 in college <laughs> you need you need to get on to coach oh you should be in the recruiting team never mind up there in ohio or wherever you are i'm choosing man united. tigers <laughs> why would you choose man united just why would you do that it's the same thing yeah i don't want to be a glory hunter. that's one thing i'm not going to be um, so know, let, let's, not, uh, let's, 
let's say this here. What are your choices? What so I, as, as we've been going through the podcast while you guys have been talking, I've been having yeah. a look around and I've been trying to think of some reasons for you know, what the team I'm going to pick for this year. Bear in mind, it's only a loan period for one year. Yeah. So we can go for... What's and the criteria? What, what, what do you look for? Do you so, look for uh, defend? Yeah, I know you're a defensive guy. So, are you, so are you chasing that, or I w- that would have been in, that would have been in the criteria? But yeah. a lot of the defensive players that I really like, I'm going to play this year. So, kind of sure. airing away from that, or they play for kind of like teams that I'm not that into, or something like that. So, kind of gone away from that, which would have been my usual criteria. Sure. Actually, it, it, I don't know why this popped into my head, but about a year ago, when it was just started off with me and you on the podcast, just the two of us. You, we had this kind of conversation. You were like, you know, so if I had to pick a team for you, who do you think? And you actually picked LSU for me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay away from that anyway, as we said. But anyway, so my criteria hasn't really come into <laughs> the usual things that I'd pick. I'd, you know, like I was saying, when we went through our players, I was thinking of Sam Howell as a, you know, I'd already written him down and done my research on him and things like that. I kind of convinced myself that, you know, they're in the mix for sure. And then, you know, you've got to have a couple of things. You know, you've got to have the caps on the table, you know, when recruiting day comes around and then you've got to pick one, haven't you? So what, what am I going to pick? So I kind of want to be kind of that guy who goes and rubs people up the wrong way. So Sam Ellinger, right? My kind of nemesis in the, all this podcast. So, I, you know, Oklahoma definitely on the table, you know, to pick the kind of, you know, we're going <laughs> yeah. hogs down here. So, you know, so that's, what, that's another one. But then, I don't know, is that glory hunting a little bit? I don't know, guys, you tell me. Is, you know, they're a bit too good to pick. No, I, I, you, you can pick whoever you want, Lee. It's, so, Oklahoma <laughs> don't win much, so it's not really glory hunting. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe the Big 12 title. Uh, and then, you know, what, what could we pick? Could we pick LSU's main rival? Could we pick, what, Florida, Georgia, something like that? You know, we could have a bit of a rivalry on the podcast as we move for a bit, bit fiery, I would say. Kevin, who would you say that LSU's main rival is? Is it Florida or Georgia? Alabama. Is it? 100%. Okay. I don't want to pick them. So, okay, maybe that's out the window as so. well. I think I think for you maybe maybe pick somewhere maybe Chargers legends have been. Yeah, they've got maybe. to do some research for that. I've, I've... I mean, Anthony Lynn played for Texas Tech, so he did. He did. Yeah. No, but so did Mahomes. So he's out. So that's that's out. <laughs> so. <laughs> I know. Do you know what? I'm I'm going to go for the I'm going to go for the lesser one. I'm going to go for North Carolina. I'm going to nail my mast. My, nail my flag to the mast for North well Carolina and Sam Howell this year. Well done, Lee. That's, uh, that's very, very good of you. Um, and I'm still sending you an Etika shirt, so uh, sorry to get out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe send me a text and keep it to like a good quarterback, like a Vince Young. <laughs> but I'm sure no, it'll cost you a fair bit, to be fair, to get one of those sent over. But yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's me for the year then. I'm, I'm nailing my calls to the mass. And then, you know, maybe next year when March Madness rolls around, I can have some bit of, bit of glory hunting on the, the college basketball, should I say. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, so that does us for another week. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, just before we get out of here, do you want to kind of plug things that anyone's got coming up? I know we've got uniform articles. Rob, you were saying to us in, earlier on the week, is this going to be your final appearance for the season for a little while? Uh, yeah, for a little while. I'm not going for good. Um, hmm. I've really enjoyed the last few weeks with you boys. I think we've got a good thing going on on here so i will jump on when i can um but yeah the fantasy podcast is going twice a week and the missus would literally kill me i mean we've got you know a little baby on the way as well so uh um i can't be be doing this every night i wish i could um so yeah i i, I will be popping on from time to time when when time suits but uh for now it is uh yeah it's gonna be uh just you three i think just for for a little while so apologies to to all my thousands of fans that only listen to this podcast because of me um i'm sorry just you have to go to the fantasy show instead 
There we go. Yeah, obviously you're always welcome back on. I'm sure we'll have you on many times throughout the season Thank when you, uh, when, you know, when when the fantasy is uh, is laying off a little bit. So, Kieran, uniform article. When are we getting it? It's done. I'm just sourcing the photos and the photo credits. Okay. I, I, it, that's the hardest bit to get for me because I want to get shots that look good, and then I find sure. some shots that look good, and I can't who, find who's taken the picture, and I want to actually be able to credit who's done them. Of course. So we're pros here. Yeah. LSU is on the list I'm sorry guys but also your beloved Oregon got on the list too I think that was expected though Oregon just man they're, man. they're crazy is it a recent one or is it an old one I don't want to spell uh, it but... uh, there's a very iconic photo uh, okay. from Oregon okay. and that's all I'll it? say the, the uniform I put on everyone will probably know what it is by that mm-hmm. okay yeah we'll, we'll save that one Andy, have you got anything in the pipeline for us over at Full Time Yards? Hey, do you know what? I was, I was thinking I might start, if I've got time, I might start doing like a winners and losers thing each week, which I might hope mm. is one of you guys maybe. Um, yeah, I think that would be good. Maybe like pointing out some, uh, some like, like we've been doing on the pod, pointing out some players to watch who maybe mm-hmm. fly under the radar, that sort of thing. So, yeah, all, all in the pipeline, all, all uh, kind of job dependent, that sort of thing. But between the three of us, I'm sure we could make something happen there, couldn't we? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. No, definitely a lot of good content to come out. Um, obviously, me and Kieran at some point will get down to our Justin Herbert article and I'll be doing some previews for the ACC and uh, Big 12 will be coming out hopefully in the next couple of days. I need to pull my finger out and get those, those those finished off, but they'll be out hopefully before those leagues do kick off or conferences pick off, should I say. Um, but yeah, that'll do everyone for this week. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening again and we'll see you next week for another Funfield episode. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at full10yards CFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.